0: Good morning. Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Joanna Pingle, a Product Manager at MathWorks. Hello, Joanna. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank
0: you. So one thing that often confuses me, is it the MathWorks or is it MathWorks?
1: Uh, We get that question a lot. So it is now MathWorks. Uh, When I started, it was the MathWorks. And then at some point it switched over. So uh, you're cooler if you just say MathWorks, (laughs) kind of like Walmart or Target or (laughs) any of those other ones as well.
0: If only it was so easy to be cool, but that's not (laughs) the case. Okay, so um, you are the AI expert, or I shouldn't say the AI expert, and AI expert. So that's really where I want to take you, because that is such a uh, front of mind topic these days. Um, and I heard you say something that I need you to explain to me, something called the AI-driven workflow, where that's where an engineer should start. I don't know what that means. What is an AI-driven workflow?
1: Sure. So for engineers, when you're just starting out with AI, um, and of course this varies application to application, but you tend to focus a lot on AI modeling. So you hear that a lot. You'll Google AI modeling um, when you're just getting started with with AI. But what, what we've realized over the course of many applications and many projects is regardless of the application, engineers can really benefit from looking at the AI workflow or the entire AI picture, which is basically narrowed down to four common steps. So this is pre-processing, this is modeling, this is simulation and test, and then finally deployment. And so these four steps make up the AI workflow and engineers can really look at the bigger picture and benefit from focusing not just on the AI modeling, which might be the starting point for people, but looking at the entire workflow to make you more successful with AI.
0: So just like you oversimplified how easy it is to be cool, I think you <laughs> oversimplified how easy it is to do an AI design. It's it's way harder than that. Just following these four basic steps, right?
1: Absolutely. So you're going to you're going to run into let's say some some challenges uh, specific specifically around those those four steps. So when you start out, you focus maybe on on the modeling, but which model do you want to use? Um, Where should I start? How do I make my model more accurate? Those kinds of questions. Then there's maybe not enough data. How do you figure out how to create more data to be able to feed into the model? Because the model is really driven on data. Finally, how am I testing? How am I simulating these results? And making sure that I'm confident in the results uh, before I deploy them as well.
0: Okay, so now that we have the questions, where do we get the answers? (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a great question. So I think for, for me, it's really starting out with a problem or maybe a reference problem that you start with um, that you can feel successful with as well. So not starting with uh, one incredibly hard, challenging problem, but first of all, breaking it down piece by piece, and then also making sure that those steps are, are super achievable as well. So you're focusing on data preparation, making sure that you're putting clean data in um, to make your model more accurate. So one of the things that you would want to do is make sure that you're using apps and labeling uh, to make sure that your data is as clean as possible. And labeling and using apps and making sure that your data is clean um, is actually quite simple. It's a little tedious, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually quite simple. And then you can feel confident about that stage and then move on to the modeling stage. Um, one example of that would be using pre-trained models that other experts have created as a really good starting point for your application. And that's typically what we see engineers working on um, when they're first starting out with AI as well.
0: Now, I'm assuming MathWorks does a lot of this work for the engineer or or at least puts in the framework where you plug in your variables. Is that true? And And then where do you go from there?
1: I would say that's Maybe true and not true. So MATLAB is built for engineers and scientists. So of course, you probably know MATLAB from uh, from signal processing, from image processing. And then the deep learning component of that fits really on top of that. So it's a tool that engineers expect. And it's a tool that engineers are comfortable with already. So to incorporate deep learning into that uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, however, it's still a learning process when you're working on your application. So I can't say I know exactly what to do for your application. Unfortunately, it's still a trial and error process. It's going to vary based on not only your application but your end result, Um, And so it's going to be a trial and error process. So MATLAB for me is, is the tool that I would want to use to help iterate on those designs.
0: There's a lot of talk these days about AI at the edge. Are we there yet or is that just something that people like to throw around?
1: Uh, So I would say- That was a very
0: heavy (laughs) sigh. (laughs)
1: Um, I think there's always room for improvement. I think we've come a really long way. Um, So a few examples of that is now being able to deploy all of your deep learning algorithms onto Embedded onto GPUs directly, including the pre-processing and post-processing that wasn't available, let's say maybe five years ago. Of course, there's still further to go. Um, The process can be slightly tedious to translate maybe your code over into an embedded device. Um, However, with tools that automatic code generation, for example, can make that process a little bit easier, making sure that you're not introducing errors into the code uh, before you deploy as well.
0: Okay. So when we started this conversation, I was thinking that this is really a software problem or I shouldn't say problem, but a software issue. Um, but hearing what you just said, I'm thinking that it's, it's really the combination of the hardware and the software. Um, so is, is, is there a right mix and or do you have favorite hardware that you would recommend?
1: Uh, <sighs> Yes, absolutely. Sorry for the sigh again. I, I do that occasionally when I, <laughs> when I know something challenging is coming up. Um, so, so I would say that in terms of recommended hardware, it really unfortunately depends once again on your application. So I can't recommend um, a specific hardware. We do see customers using kind of low-cost, low-powered devices, Raspberry Pis, et cetera. Um, we see a lot of customers using NVIDIA GPUs. Um, And that's our go-to hardware as well for GPUs. And with GPU Coder, you can automatically translate MATLAB code onto CUDA code, which will run natively on GPUs as well. Um, So I would say that it's a mix of hardware and software. I'm typically more of a software type person. I tend to look at it more algorithmically uh, in general. However, it is that mix. And so one of the things that we're seeing more and more is the ability to introduce simulation into the design. And that's one of the steps of the AI workflow as well. And this really allows you to incorporate the software, but then also test the hardware at the same time and making sure that you're not introducing any errors uh, before you're able to deploy to the final uh, to the final landing point.
0: I was just about to let you off the hook and put an end. However, um, you brought a Raspberry Pi. You can really do this with a Raspberry Pi?
1: Yes and no. I would say absolutely you can port your algorithms and deep learning code onto Raspberry Pi. Uh, We have out-of-the-box examples that do this in our product um, and you can run those um, and we actually I I write blog posts as well and so we have a blog post on how to write um, do face detection and play poker with Raspberry Pi as well. Um, So these are things that deep learning algorithms they can run natively on the Raspberry Pi. If you're looking for something that's very fast. Um, then perhaps you might want to upgrade your hardware a little bit. But in terms of what we see from our customers, it's a great prototyping environment.
0: Is is it pretty easy to go from a Raspberry Pi Raspberry Pi prototype to something else for production?
1: Yes, that's the reason why people people do that. They start with a more low cost, low powered um, device, and then they are able to move on. But the the code generation is the same process. So if you can port your code onto Raspberry Pi, more than likely you're going to be able to port your code onto any other embedded device you choose as well.
0: Good deal. Thank you very much, Joanna. This has been highly educational for me.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: That was Joanna Pingle. She is a product manager at MathWorks and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Joanna.
1: Thank you.